Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. It's good to be with everybody this morning. But as I was preparing to speak uh, uh, this week, Pastor John said, hey, you know, would you mind uh, uh, speaking on this weekend? And I said, yeah, sure, I would love to speak, speak on that weekend. He goes, yeah, go ahead and preach that message that you spoke the, uh, at the 8.30 service about a month ago. And that message was called Mind Your Business. It was more directed to Karens in your life. How many of you guys have Karens in your life? <laughs> right, everybody got a Karen in your life. Some of the older people are like, ooh, in the world is Karen. <laughs> well, if you have a mother-in-law named Karen, then you know what I mean. Everybody has a Karen in their life, and Karen are nosy people. People, you have, uh, what's her name, uh, Barbecue Betty. You have Parking Lot Karen. You have... Everybody has that Karen in their life where they're that neighbor that wants to tell the HOA on you. They, they, they want to be the ones that say that you're having a, a party over six people when the CDC says you're only allowed four people. <laughs> do what I do. Hey, it's a vaccination party, so everybody's allowed at my house. <laughs> they're like, yeah, good job, Junior. Way to have more vaccinated people at the house. But that's what the title of my sermon was, Mind Your Business. Because it talked about the mind and that the mind was something that the enemy loved to attack. And I encourage people just to tell the enemy, hey, mind your business, because <laughs> I'm not your business. I'm kingdom business. <laughs> so you leave me alone. Get out of here. Because I felt that the more and more you direct and you, you, you keep acknowledging the devil, the bigger he becomes in your life. The more and more you say it's the devil's fault, and the more and more you say it's him, the more and more you're putting praise coins inside of his bucket. You have to understand the dude was kicked out of heaven, because somewhere in his mind, he thought he was better than God. And so what, guess what happened? He done got kicked out of heaven. And so that was the title of the message, was to tell everybody to make sure that you tell the enemy to mind his business. You know, tell him, mind your business. But as I was studying and ready, I felt like that's not the message. There was a message that God gave me that I've never spoken anywhere, not at this church or anywhere, but it just sat inside my archive. And I always wonder, when will I get a chance to speak that? Well, today's the day. Today's the day, and the title of my message today is, There's Power in the Word. There's power in the Word. Turn around and tell your neighbor, hey, there's power in the Word. If you were to summarize my message this morning, you could probably say this. When we become Christians, God's Word becomes a source to our daily victories. But many will try to devise solutions to their daily challenges through other means or other sources that they have that are outside God's word. And they may work for a little bit, but those aren't long-lived. They're very short-lived. Anything outside of the word of God is short-lived. Anything inside the word is eternal. Anything, any resource that you got that's inside the word is eternal. The title of the message today is there's power in the word. Psalms 119 verse 65, it says, you had dealt well with your servant. O Lord, according to your word. Psalms 119, 169 says, let me cry, let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. Somebody say your word. See, the word of God is powerful than any, and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful enough to help us in every situation that you and I are faced with every day of our life. In order to experience the dynamics of God's word, 
We have to keep studying and meditating on God's word day in and day out. See, God never said that the greatest problem in your life will be Satan or sin. Never said that, hey, the biggest, face, the biggest thing you'll face is Satan and sin. No, that's what religion tells you. Religion says that the devil is the biggest thing you'll face and sin is the biggest thing you'll face in your life. But it's not true. Because if you look in the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, it says, my people have been destroyed because their lack of knowledge. Their lack of knowledge. Their lack of knowing the word. Their lack of knowing who he was. One of the biggest killers of your faith isn't a joining in a cult or anything like that. Or some big old church scandal. Or maybe politics who church people like to fight over every day and those aren't the biggest things that'll kill your faith. Or maybe my preaching might kill your faith. But those aren't the things that kill your faith. You know what kills your faith? It's lack of knowledge of God's word. Lack of knowing God's word. Christians today, we're walking around the earth without any clue of who they are in Christ and the power that they possess. They talk about identity issues in young people. Hey, Oh, some of us old people, we have no idea our identity in Christ. We talk about, we know the Lord. We, we know who God is. But you ask them, do they know the word? And they go blank. Man, we should be willing to make God's word our daily bread every day of our life. And I know it's hard sometimes because of our schedules and things that we got to do. But man, you'll squeeze in time to go and eat lunch with somebody. You'll squeeze time to go and see Nana and Papa. You'll squeeze time to get that overtime, to get that money. But when it comes time to squeeze in the Word of God, you ain't got no time. How can you not have time for something that determines whether you have life or whether you have death? I'm telling you. You mean... I'm telling you, the Word of God has to be important to you. I'll say this because I run the Connection Center at church, out there in the, the center. You know when you go to the lost and found, you know what you find more? You don't find money, you don't find purses, you find the Word of God. What that tells me is that people don't value the Word of God. They value more their money than they value the Word of God. See, my dad would say, he said, yeah, you can have great worship, you can have all of the great lights, but if there is no word, everything is done in vain. He says you can, you can have the best videos and the best things, but if there's no teaching uh, and preaching and the declaration and the proclamation of the everlasting word of God, then all you're doing is having a meeting. Those, that's when I look at that, I go, man, you see what people value. They don't value the word of God. They value their money because nobody ever leaves money here in the church. They don't leave their, their purse. Matter of fact, watch the altar call. When people come to the altar call, women take their purse. They leave their husband behind because he means nothing to them. But they'll take the thing that means the most, their purse. They'll take their purse with them. And they'll come to the altar. I always said that's a ghetto church. When you see when people feel the Lord and they're like, hold up, wait up, let me grab my purse, I'll be right there. <laughs> grab their purse, grab their car keys, and they go see the Lord. But you notice the thing that they, people do leave behind is the Word of God. Come on, somebody. 
That's why when people come to church, they go to, I said it before, they go to movies or they go to shows or they go to Vegas shows or they go to sporting events. Everybody wants to find a way to get the front seat. But when they come to church, they find the back seat. They don't want to come to the front. So they want to go and they want to scream for the angels and the Dodgers who did nothing for them. They want to go and scream for some players of, of games and things like that. Go and watch movies and celebrate celebrities. But those people give nothing in the blue world about you. But late yet, you'll come to church and you don't want the front seat. I'm not talking about those who are sitting in the back right now. Don't everybody look back there. Don't look back there. I'm talking about just in general. When you see people, because it happened in my dad's church, everybody wanted to sit in the back, but nobody wanted to sit in the front. See, we should be willing to make it our daily bread every day. The same way we consume food for the everyday body function, our spirit needs food to function with God's word. Those who live according to God's word will overcome the mountain of not knowing the power that they possess. When you read the word of God and when you live by God's word and live according to his will, you will overcome the, the, the mountain of not knowing the power that you possess in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, say amen. Because church, let me tell you something. People of God, we don't survive, we overcome. You don't survive, you overcome. People who survive barely make it. People who overcome are victorious. Somebody say amen. Here's number one. Why do you need, when is it a good time to read the word? Man, when we need salvation. When we need salvation, when God's mercy unto salvation is needed for a new life, we must turn to the word of God. The Bible says, let your mercies come also to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. See, salvation is the beginning step of you and I. We must take as we begin our eternal relationship with God. Salvation is the beginning step we must take to have an eternal relationship with God. Man, you and I can't enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, unless we experience this thing called grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. The finished work of Calvary. Jesus said to Nicodemus, John 3, verse 3, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He said, unless he's born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. See, some people equate being born again with the church that they attend. The assemblies of God, church of God in Christ, whatever Christian center you may go to, the cause that has nothing to do with it. You could still be attending church, but still be on the first flight to hell. You could be attending church and the word is being proclaimed and declared, but you got a front row seat in hell because many people can come to church but still not heed to the word of God. It's almost like a man when his wife is telling him something and you could still watch the football game and still listen to your wife. And the wife says, did you hear what I said? He says, yes, I heard what you said. 
She says, yeah, there's a difference of hearing and listening. Because hearing, you hear it, but listening, action is involved when you listen. Because you can stand in the middle of the road, you can hear the car, but it's not until you listen, you can hear it's coming, you listen and it's coming closer. And you move out of the way. Others think baptism in water alone can save them, but Acts chapter 4 verse 12 tells us, and there is, there is salvation in no other one. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no difference between Jesus and his word. He is the living war. There is no other name that you can be saved. Muhammad said he knew the way. Buddha said he knew the way. But Jesus was the only one, history records. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is nobody that could come to the Father but through me. There's power. There's power in the word. There is no difference between Jesus and his word. It's when we confess and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord that we experience the grace of salvation. Here's number two, the reason why when, another reason you should read God's word, when you need personal revival. When we need personal revival, I have no idea who needs to hear this word, but somebody is here and somebody's online. This word was, was designated and tailored just for you in the throne room of God. This word has your name on it. The Bible says that the word of God never comes back void. This word is for you and you only. When reviving is needed for those who have new life, one must turn to the Word of God. When you need to be revived and you need some CPR in your spiritual walk, it's time that you turn to the Word of God. Begin to turn to what the Word of God says. The Bible says that I'm, I'm afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your Word. My soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your Word. Listen, whatever your need is today, God wants you to compare it to his word. There's so many times that we want, we want, we want. Have you ever took the time and, and checked it and said, what we want, does it match up with the word of God? Does it match up with the word of God? Because there could be times that you want things, but it isn't according to the word of God and according to his will for your life. As Christians, we face tragedies and doubts and challenges is in our faith. Sometimes we can even find ourselves discouraged. 2020 was a hard year for me and my family. When my father went to be with the Lord, that was hard. Lost that, didn't understand what happened on that. And other people, other pillars in my life began to fall, began to go home with the Lord. And I was like, Lord, what in the world is, what in the world is going on? Couldn't sleep, sometimes going 24 hours, 48 hours of no sleep because I couldn't understand what was going on. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd begin to just go in the living room, put on some worship and declare God's word. Began to speak God's word over my family. Began to speak the word in the house. And I had to tell the devil, get out. Get out, you have no permission to be here because this was, a, this was the devil's agenda. It was to tire me out at nighttime. So at daytime, I couldn't fulfill God's call upon my life because I was tired. And usually when you're tired, you make bad decisions. That's why when your kids want to talk to you late at night, tell them wait till the morning. Because you'll say yes to anything they want. 
so you can go to sleep. <laughs> then when I wake up in the morning, they're like, Dad, Mom, you did say I can get the premium pass at Disney, Dad. That's what you told me. And then the worst thing is when your kid knows the word and they say, Dad, the Bible says let your yeses be yes and your noes be no. That's when you turn around and say, the Bible does say honor thy father and thy mother. If you know anything that's good for you, get out, hurry up. But I had to declare God's word. Begin to declare God's word because if there was anything Pastor Bob taught me, he said this, Junior, the devil can't get in your mind. Because if he can get in your mind, then he's equal to God. Because only God can get in your mind. I remember my mother-in-law would tell me one time, she faced a big old battle, and it wasn't until her father and her mother came in, and her dad spoke the word right to her. Spoke it, and if you knew Sandy's grandpa, he was a man of the word. He knew the word from back to front. And I told him the day before he died, I said, Grandpa, Grandpa Chulo, before you leave, I want your mantle. I want your blessing. And for he, he died, he had dementia, but for five, I think about a couple minutes, he leaned over, never remembered anybody's name, but he leaned over and in the bed he was laying in, told me to come here. And the Holy Spirit's my witness, he did this. And my, my mother-in-law and some of the aunties and grandma was there. He said, Lord, you hear this man's cry. You hear this man's prayer, let it be. I pray that you would bless him and you would anoint him. And I walked out of that room going, man, I'm the only dude that that dude prayed on for that. <laughs> There's plenty of other people that will claim to use that and say he left a blessing for them. I know for sure grandpa blessed me with that anointing, so I'm making it public on TV so everybody will know. But he said, my mother-in-law said he would speak the word right to us because he knew the word in and out. He spoke it. Man, there's something when you speak the word, something happens. Things begin to change. Death leaves, sickness leaves, divorce leaves. When you speak the word, those things begin to leave. Number three, another good time that you, you should read the word is when we're confused about life when we don't understand the issues of life that press in painfully on us, again, it's another time to take God's word in and begin to read it. Bible says, let my cry come before you. Oh Lord, give me understanding according to your word. So often when the stuff hits the fan, we can forget God's word really quick. I remember when I got sick and I called Joe Valenzuela. Instead of calling upon the name of the Lord, I called Joe Valenzuela. I was like, Joe, Hey, I got it, man. What do I do? He said, relax, man. You're going to be all right. Oh, okay. Great, great. I go back in the house. And, and, but it was a reminder. Hey, trust God's word. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Any resource out of God's word is short-lived. But inside of God's word, it's eternal. I'm telling you, God's word is powerful. It's life-changing. It's the number one selling book. The devil, society, America, the world has tried to bury it, kill it, put it somewhere where people can't read it. But man, some way, somehow, the word of God still gets through and is still changing lives today and forevermore. See, God speaks through his word. 
We can't hear him until we meditate on God's word. You gotta turn off everything else that's happening in your life. Turn those things off, social media, your phone, your business, your, 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 your whatever it could be, turn those things off and sit, set yourself up right to hear from God. Yes, you have date night with your wife, but get a time where you can get with God first. Yes, you have time with your kids, but set a time that you have for the Lord. It is very important that you set aside a time with the Lord. Drown out the things that are stressing you out. How? By spending time meditating on God's word. Number four, good time to read the word is when we're distressed. When the circumstances around us or the turmoil within us bring distress, it's time to rely on the word. Psalms 119.76 says, Now let your unfailing love comfort me, just as you promised me your servant. When, God's, when, when you read God's word, a great comfort fills your heart as you allow the Lord to speak peace and wisdom through his word right to your heart. When you lose loved ones, you grieve, and there's a sense of awful pain. The best medicine that will eventually pull us out is the word of God. Some of us, when we go through those things, we rely on our Christian brother and sister to comfort us. That's all good and dandy, but that's even short-lived. The word of God's eternal. It'll be the thing that will, that will comfort you until you get to heaven, and no longer will you need the comfort because you're in the presence of the Almighty. There's power in the word. Number five, read the word when we lack strength. When our inner Inner man is exhausted, re begin to read God's word. There's something about when a man is tired and then he's exhausted and he has nothing left. It's a dangerous time because he can make very bad decisions. That's a time to read the word. Pastor told me one time, Pastor Luke Barnett, he said this, he says, I pull up to the driveway of my house and I sit in the driveway for 30 minutes. I decompress, I get everything out, and I leave just a little bit enough so when I go inside the house, I'm no longer alone as pastor, but I'm dad and husband. And I have to love them because how can I love the church but late yet not love my family? He goes, I'd be a liar. I'd be a, a lying representative of the gospel because the first institution God built was the family. Adam and Eve, that's what he called you to take care of was your family. A man that don't work is a man that don't eat. You got to stand up and take care of your family. You don't sit home and watch TV all day while your wife is out there working. You got to stand up and be a man and lead your family. Show your kids what it is to work and to make a hard living to take care of his kids because that boy will grow up and he'll do the same. But if you sit there and you sleep all day and play video games, your son's watching. Even when you think he's not watching, even when you think your daughter's not watching, because your, your son will think that's the way to do it and your daughter will believe that's what she deserves. She deserves a man who's gonna sit there and make her work while he stays home and plays video games and always in trouble, not taking care of the kids and she has to come home, make the food, do the laundry and still be a mom. I'm telling you today, there's power in the word. When you lack strength, read the word. Number six, <clears throat> good time to read the word is when we feel despondent. 
when we're sinking in the sea of despondency, our God and his word is the only remedy. The word despondent, in, it means in the dictionary, in low spirits from a loss of hope or courage. When you don't have no more hope, read the word of God. Sometimes we as Christians, we feel like what we do for God is worthless and we did nothing to impact the kingdom. And when you feel like that because you're tired, you're stressed out, it's time to read the word because the devil will come and he'll whisper and he'll say, ha ha, look at you, you're tired and you didn't make an impact on nothing because nobody's life is changed. Everybody's still living the same. You didn't have no impact. Listen, it's not up to me or Pastor John or some of the pastors here to change somebody's life. We can lead you to change, but it's up to you to change. All we do is sit back and say, it may not happen now, but man, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It may not happen today, tomorrow, three years from now, but somehow, someway, There'll be a family that will come up to you and say, hey, I got four kids. I'm faithful to my wife. We're doing very good because you took the time out to pray with me. And right then and there, you stop and you say, glory be to God. God, may you receive all the honor and the praise for working through me and in me that somebody else can, 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 can latch on to that grace, that word, your word, God. And the last one, number seven, when we feel trapped is a good time to read the word. When we are trapped or bound and, and need to be set free, God's word has the key to unlock you. It will set you free. The Bible says in Psalms 119, 170, let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. The Lord is a great deliverer. His word will deliver you. It will apprehend you. It will cause you to make a U-turn when you're about to get in some trouble. If you feel trapped this morning, I want you to know that God wants to set you free this morning. I'm gonna call up my sister, my brother-in-law. They're gonna help me to illustrate something to you. In the island of Samoa, there's something called the, the Iatonga. And the Iatonga is something that is hand-woven by the women of the village. When you go to a funeral, when you go to a wedding, and the high chief is sitting there, you come and you bring this. And you bring it because it's a, an act of respect, that you, act of honor. But on the island, another thing to use this for, it was a story, it's not even a story, it's a fact, of a young man who attended a local church in the village. I don't want to say their names and give their identity away, but this young man was, he belonged to a church, sang in the choir. But he had his own little side thing going on. He sold dope on the island. But there's a detective in the same village that wanted to nail him. And he goes and the detective said, I can't get him, but I'm going to get his mom. So he goes and he rests the mom. Somebody runs up from the courthouse, top of the hill, and said, bro, they got your mom. That young man comes off of the mountain, comes to the courtroom. He says, where's detective so-and-so? And detective so-and-so began to walk out. He says, that's me. He said, you arrested my mom. And he was like, what you gonna do? He reached over, boom, blew him away. 
detective died right there. And that young man lost it that day. What happens in the island is that when you offend a family, there's something you got to do. So today, my sister Rita will represent the mother of the young man. My brother-in-law Mac will represent the father of the young man. She is the mother, I mean the wife of the slain officer. So culture is this. If you are the one that did the offense, your mom and dad has to come and go before the house of the offended and lay under a mat just like this and you wail out to the family, will you please forgive my boy? He didn't know what he was doing, but I'm here to stand in representation of my boy. Will you please forgive my boy? I seen it to where families will stay under the mat for more than two weeks. Rain or shine, they can't come under there because it, it's against the law, the culture for him to come out. He cannot come out until he's released from the offended family. So during that week, the father of the son who shot the officer, he stayed there and he said, please have mercy on me. Please forgive my son. My sister Rita represents the, the wife that was left behind, the widow. She has an option. Let him sit there until she's ready to forgive him. Or she can immediately go out there and lift the mat and say, we forgive you. On that day, the wife took her, her little child and they walked down the driveway of the village, walked over there, stood before the dad, and heard him cry out. And the wife grabbed the mat, and she lifted it off. And she said, we forgive you. We may not agree with what happened, but we forgive you. There's people in here today that you've been sitting under the mat of unforgiveness. You've been trapped by bitterness, depression, anxiety. You have been laying under the mat of sin, thinking God could never forgive you. But just like the mom, the wife, it's just how Jesus would come. And he would come and lift the mat and say, hey, because of the finished work of Calvary, you are forgiven. And he would look right at you in the eyes and he would say this, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter what area, area you're in your life today, just come as you are. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.